Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person start Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. I'm excited to bring to you our special guest today. His name is Demir Bentley, and he's a productivity expert and the co-founder of the Life Hack Method. Couldn't we all use some more life hacks in our life? Uh, right here. He helps his clients kick butt at work to live their best life when they go home. It's so in alignment with our brand because we really are a whole person and we, we separate ourselves, personal, professional, and yet here we are living our best versions of ourselves or striving to do that. In the past eight years, he has helped more than 50,000 professionals, including executives from Facebook, Google, Google, Uber, PepsiCo, helping them prevent burnout, such an important topic today, and create more freedom in their lives. His advice has been highlighted in Forbes, Bloomberg, Entrepreneur, and more. Tamir, we are excited to have you on the show. Hey, so glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. So the life hack method, we can all definitely use that productivity, really enjoying our lives and scaling and having success. So tell me, tell me all about it. Yeah. So I, the way that we think about ourselves is a little bit more like clinicians instead of researchers. Take that analogy. So for those of you who aren't in the medical space, researchers are in labs on the bleeding edge of, you know, some of the, you know, very, very niche topics. And clinicians are the ones who take all of that research and actually go to the patient and say, here's how it works for you. And here's what we need to do with you. And so the life hack method, we really started with a simple concept. We have enough information about how to live a great life. We're just not doing it. We're just not doing it. And so when we started the life hack method, we focused a lot more on how do we actually, instead of overwhelming our clients and getting them to read more books and take more classes and more personal development, how do we actually get them integrating and doing less, but actually integrating it more? So the life hack method was built on that cornerstone. And I guess people liked it because we're still doing it. It's so great. One of our favorite quotes is don't be a content consumer, be a content activator. And that we are overtrained and under motivated. Wow, that's that's deep. I like that. Sounds so much in alignment with what you're saying. It's not about more. We don't need more. We need to activate, get in touch with, figure out why perhaps we're not doing certain things and that they're really a symptom. Would you say that? Somebody says, oh, I'm procrastinating. I'm not going to actually coach them on the procrastination, right? What's the belief underneath it? Who are they trying to become? Where is Where are they stuck? Is that where you yeah. go as well? Well, I mean, the way I think about it, take, take for example, the book, right? Because I've, I'm sort of like quasi famous in my community for saying we don't need more books. We don't need more books in the productivity space, right? Now, that's not to say there's no new good ideas. It's just that what you really need is integration. And what we ended up writing our book on, and it really took us nine years before we even thought about writing a book. And the concept behind the book, Winning the Week, was simply that we finally realized that there was what, what I call 
a, a code patch. So if you think about culture as like a code base, and we know the code's not perfect, there's a lot of like sort of bugs in our cultural code. And I think a great book is like a code patch where you actually go to something that's wrong in the way we collectively think about something. And you just go in and sometimes it's so small and you just patch that thing. And so we think about this book less as a book and more like this is the only, if this is the only book we ever wrote and the only little patch of code that we could try to enter into the matrix, this is what we would do. And it is as simple as planning your week. And so that's the funny thing is, you know, we surveyed 5,000 professionals and we asked them, what's the most important thing to win your week? And they like 94% of them said planning your week. And then we followed up with them and we said, okay, have you planned your week for the last four weeks? And less than 6% of them actually said yes. So What's funny is we've uh, coming back to this concept of integration versus learning. We've got these concepts that people find to be boring, like, oh, planning your week. Oh, pshaw, that's so 2008. You know, what's the new hot topic? Show me the new thing. Show me the. And it's like, it doesn't have to be new. It doesn't have to be hot. You're not doing it. And if you just freaking did it, you would see a massive transformation. Yes. Yeah. So why do you think that people aren't doing it then? If we have enough information, we have yeah. enough books. Okay, so where we know the gap, how do we then fill that gap in? It actually makes perfect sense when you think about it because planning, even if done perfectly right, Lawrence Sweeney, perfect planning is still gonna experience a lot of stress and fear and anxiety planning her week. So I think we tend to think, well, no, if I'm doing it right, then I'll feel good about it. I mean, and, and I would say, no, even done perfectly right, planning causes a lot of fear and stress and anxiety. You're really basically saying, I'll take a week's worth of fear, stress, and anxiety in one 30-minute session, please. And that 30 minutes is not going to feel good. It's sort of like a, a, a trade where you're saying, I'll take a slap in the face today instead of getting punched in the teeth on Wednesday of next week. And although that's a good trade, it's a trade I would make every single day. Hey, if you said you can either be punched in the face or slapped in the face, I'll take the slap, please. But it's still, your your animal brain is still clenching. It's still building resistance and saying, oh God, I don't want to do it. I don't like that thing. It, it causes me fear and stress and anxiety. So I think the first thing and probably the most profound is to recognize that if you're an adult, over the age of 30, you have probably built a tremendous resistance little by little to planning just uh, just at that collection of thousands of little moments where you felt that fear, stress, and anxiety around looking at your week and planning your week added up to your animal brains saying, no way. I don't want to do this thing. Anything, whatever. Any and here's the thing. When your animal brain gets it in its head that it doesn't really doesn't want to do something, God help you. There's no way, you know, it'll just find a way somehow magically, even if you planned it, even if you had consequences, even if you had accountability, somehow magically, you're going to find a way to get away from that thing. Yes. Yes. That our monkey, we call it our monkey chatter, the animal brain. It is strong. I was on a podcast and I said, I think my monkey chatter or my animal brain needs a coach. Like it needs a yeah. coach and then I need a coach because that is so strong. Those beliefs. What do you think about if people really delve into those beliefs, like I'm not smart enough or I'm not good enough. And so I'm going to sabotage my success. Do you think there's value in doing that or oh, yeah. is there a different method? Talk to me about okay. that. Okay. 
first of all, tons of value. I mean, I'm a big believer in IFS, internal family systems. Like I, I love the idea of exploring your parts and what motivates the different parts of you. Like 100% super valuable work. However, do all of that work and come back to your planning and you will still be like, that's still a week's worth of fear, stress, and anxiety. That I'm. T-. It's not that there's some, even, even minus all of the internal blockages that you might have, there's still just an inherent amount of fear, stress, and anxiety around planning. And so how do we overcome that? So if 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 I'm saying that at its juicy core, this thing is like taking a, a modest amount of pain to avoid a bigger amount of pain down the road, how do we do that? So what we, t- what we try to say is create a planning experience that is so rewarding and so pleasurable that your animal brain does the balance and says, yeah, actually, I still want it. So good example is my wife and I went to Paris. We have this story in the book. We went to Paris. We were doing our digital nomad phase where we were traveling all over the world. And we had a a sort of a 12-hour period to kill before we had to get onto a plane. Our modus operandi is to just go to a cafe and sit in a cafe and, you know, work, work in a cafe. So we go to this cafe that was so cool. I'm telling you the coolest cafe I've ever been to in my life. Like view of the Eiffel Tower, cool French people, amazing baguettes. And I mean, just, just the most beautiful image of Paris. And it was Saturday. So we said, oh, well, let's do our planning for the week. And my wife, when she was leaving, made this observation that I'll never forget. She said, you know what? It's like pulling teeth to get us to plan at the kitchen table at home but I could do it like this for the rest of my life. This was so fun. And that was the light bulb, meaning what was the difference between sitting down at the kitchen table and planning my week? And this, it's that it was inherently rewarding to go to a badass cafe and have that experience. Now, you know, I don't live in Paris and I can't have that every week. So how did we recreate that? We found a really fancy brunch place here in Medellin, like the fanciest we possibly could, like way more expensive than than we should be paying for, you know, croissants and 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 lattes. But we don't care because it's this rewarding experience where we go down there every Saturday. It's like our date night because we're not cool and we're parents. But we go down there, we plan our week for thirty minutes, and then sit there for like another two hours just enjoying each other's company and luxuriating in that. And weirdly enough, now I won't do things on Friday night because I'm so looking forward to that Saturday morning planning session. And so is there pain and fear and anxiety inherent to planning? Yes, but but actually not that much. And if you can wrap some peanut butter around that pill, your animal brain will swallow it happily. I love that. I was going to say, as you're talking about the Paris and the cafe, and I can feel the energy, it is changing that environment. And this also relates, I think, since most people today are still in a hybrid work environment, companies are allowing people to work from home. But even that work from home that we all thought like was so cool, the environment does matter. Now, work from a cool cafe in Paris, absolutely. But like you said, that can't necessarily be the everyday but how can I create intentionality? How can I have beautiful flowers in my space? How can I, it's almost, I also see it as planning the week, equating to any new habit we want to pull in, equating it with something that we already love doing, having a dance party, for example, with my kids before we go brush our teeth. They don't want to brush their teeth, but they want to have the dance party. So they know if we brush our teeth, we can have the dance party, like habit stacking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a big believer in 
I used to be like many other people in the productivity space. I was all about willpower, grow willpower, like a muscle and everything. And now I've come to realize, and I don't want this to be true, but if willpower is a muscle, it's sort of like your, your index finger, meaning you're, it, if you really need to lift like a 50 pound weight, your, your index finger is not going to cut it. Like, yes, is it a muscle? Yes, but it's a very weak muscle. Now, you could also ask yourself, well, then does that mean it's useless? Well, would you cut off your index finger? No, right? So it's a precision tool. Your index finger is not for heavy lifting. It's a precision tool. And similarly, willpower is there and it could be built or atrophy, but it frankly is not that strong in the first place. And it's just a precision tool. It's for that last 2%. You know, and so for me, it's all about environment, 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 environment. A quick example of this, my wife and I, I'm just like everybody else in the world uh, in bad sleep hygiene. If I don't have an environment to support me getting to sleep at the right time, I will stay up till 1130 at night watching YouTube videos. Like I'm not better than you. I'm probably worse than you in terms of my sleep hygiene. But what we did was we got one of those, God, I wish there was one around here. We got one of those, you know, the garden timers with the clock and you push in the little pins. We got one of those and hooked it up to our Wi-Fi so that at nine o'clock, the Wi-Fi just cuts out, right? And it's like sort of on the other side of the house. Now I could go turn it on, but I am a fundamentally lazy person. And so I'll every night, I swear, every night when it goes out, I turn to my wife and go, is your internet off? Like, like, like I'm so surprised and I'll look at my clock and go, is it nine o'clock already? Right. But so what did I do there? I just simply, instead of trying to expend limited willpower to tell myself to go to sleep, I just bought something on Amazon for $5 and plugged it into my Wi-Fi that just forced me to get offline at the right time. And so that's to me, 99 out of 100 times, I am looking to change my environment to support who I want to be, not to try to expand that little tiny iota of willpower that I have. Yeah, I love that. I think it works with eating and drinking and like all those other habits. Muscling through really doesn't last forever. That's not going to work every time. That's not foolproof. That's no little hacks like that. I'll also do the wind down routine on my phone where it comes on at 930 and it says time to wind down now and turns off all notifications. Now, same thing. Can I bypass them? But it's a lot of effort. And then charging my phone, for example, in the kitchen. So I mean, that's a good hack though on the Wi-Fi. But since our Wi-Fi is on, at least it's a lot of effort to get up from my bedroom, go all the way to the kitchen and grab my phone where I want to like scroll on Instagram and watch cat videos. (laughs) So same as you, exactly, Demir. Anything we can do that just makes it easier so we can win the week, win the day. And also like, I think the the classic thing about planning your week is we also sometimes lose creativity around this idea of like, could we take this thing? We're always thinking about how to make it less negative, not how we can make it positive. Right. So we're always thinking like, oh gosh, I'm, I never really want to get to sleep. Going to sleep is not a good thing, but how do I make it less positive? And the problem is that contains you in a very bummery type of world. I mean, it's like, I, I really want to think what would I have to do to make me thrilled? to do the thing I want to do right now, to make me push over an old lady to get to what I want to do. You know, like what would put me in that state of like, I can't wait to do the thing that I need to do. And and that and that's what gets you to a place where you can actually design a world where you're not just less happy, but you're actually more happy and doing the things that you want to do. Also, it gives us more space to be 
because I really, I like to be productive. I feel like I'm enough when I'm productive. Of course, that's an air quotes because it's not true, but it feeds that little monkey chatter. And so if I can intentionally create spaces where I have to just be, I'll go into them. But yeah. it's intentionally creating those so that I don't have to like muscle through like, oh, I should or should on myself. <laughs> I should meditate. Yeah. I should have better sleep hygiene. Okay. Yeah, sure. But how can I just create things so that it makes it easier for that to happen? How can I have amazing foods around the house cut and ready to go so I can eat foods that bless my body? How can yeah. I get rid of, you know, maybe drinks that don't bless my body, et cetera, so that's harder to do? And it just makes it so we can win the week, literally, which is what, what it's called, right? The life hack method. Tell me, Demir, what's on your website, all the things like that. Yeah, so so right now we're going to be releasing a book called Winning the Week, which is really the smallest thing that you could learn from us that could get the biggest impact for you. And in fact, it's something that we believe in so much, we're actually giving it away for free. So if you don't want to read the book, or if you want to get it earlier, you can go to winningtheweek.com. We have a free hour-long training, and it simply tells you how to plan your week in 30 minutes or less to have a winning week every single week. And that might seem small, but again, out of 5,000 people, less than 6% of people were actually doing it. And when we followed up and asked them and we defined what a good week looked like, they realized, oh, less than 1% of people were actually doing all of the right steps of planning their week. So this is something that everybody thinks they know how to do and is actually doing wrong. So if there's one small change that we want to make in the world. It is simply that we want to get you planning your week in the right way to ensure success. So go to winningtheweek.com. It'll get you signed up for the book. You can get the training for free. And if that's the only thing you ever get from us, please take it and, and go forth and prosper. Amazing. I love it. Well, we love to close with a, a question and that is what does rise up for you look like to you? Well, the first thing I think about is a lifestyle design. I always say to people, I am not the richest person you know, but I am probably the, I, I will put my lifestyle up against anybody in the world. If there's a lifestyle Olympics, I think I would be up there on the podium, at least if not gold. And what I mean by that is I've designed a life where I work for less than four hours a day and I get a chance to play and we're, I'm doing better financially and better in my business and, and pushing a mission forward. So for me, rising up, it, it, the first impression that I get in, in this concept of Rise Up For You is really just about creating the four freedoms in your life, right? Time freedom, so that you can actually put some time to the things you want to. Financial freedom, so you have resilience in this crazy world where things can swing around. You know, career freedom, so you can make the calls and work with the people that you want to work with and do the work that really lights you up. And of course, that all adds up spiritual freedom, which is, you know, nobody, nobody on their deathbed looks back and says, thank God I made partner at my law firm, right? We think back about showing up for friends and going on vacations and and being the person we want to be. So, you know, in a weird way, I'm, I'm, I'm a productivity coach who says like, yes, productivity is a great tool to create freedom, but it's also a trap. It's something that can trap you. If you get trapped in the productivity for productivity's sake, that is not rising up, right? That is not you sure. living into your best life. So, you know, I'm here to say, you know, productivity is boring and I'm not here to convince you it's not, but it can be such a great tool to create those four freedoms. And those four freedoms are what I would think of as somebody really rising up to their best life. Mm, I love it. I'm getting goosebumps. I got to definitely check out your website, winningtheweek.com. And when does, the, when does the book launch? 
July the 12th. So Yay. we would love your support on the book launch it. if you yeah. are a book reader. Yeah, I love that. Winningtheweek.com. Demir, thank you so much for joining us today. We loved it. Thank you. I had a blast. It was great. Oh, what an incredible conversation. I love his energy and all of the different hacks, no pun intended. Well, it's been my pleasure to be your host today. We would love to give you a free confidence kit. If you would love some confidence to go plan your week, to go make the things happen that you want, download it for free, riseupforyou.com slash confidence. And until our next podcast, Rise Up For You.